0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: welcome to work it the podcast all about entrepreneurship hosted by me journalist angelica malin in collaboration with work life in season two of work it i'm chatting to some of the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the uk from e-commerce wizards to retail experts all about their secret recipe for success if you don't already know, WorkLife has eight amazing co-working spaces across the UK, which provide a unique workspace experience designed around you and your team's happiness. They also have delicious free snacks, which I can personally vouch for. Don't forget to follow at work.life to find out more about WorkLife spaces and book on a free trial day at work.life. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Susie Cregan, co-founder of Jimmy's Ice Coffee. I talked to Susie all about how she built Jimmy's Ice Coffee, where the business is now, and how to create something that really lasts. <laughs> thank you for joining me susie thank you for having me it's we're in a quite a tiny recording room we are and it's unseasonably warm today so, i know and yeah, it's- i've got my outfit all wrong but you know Anyway, we all do. So tell me a little bit about Jimmy's Iced Coffee, how the idea came about for the company. So um, my brother Jim was
2: travelling around Australia about 10 years ago and um, fell in love with Ready to Drink Iced Coffee. He was drinking it um, at the petrol stations and he had this sort of golden liquid moment uh, on the forecourt in the sunshine guzzling this iced coffee. Um, I was living in the UK, working... I owned my own coffee shop at the time. Um, When Jim came back from Australia, he kept going on and on to me about um, iced coffee. I knew what iced coffee was. Was because I sold it in the in the cafe, but I um, I hadn't had that monumental moment that Jim had had um, mm, on, on, on the forecourt. So. Um, he just kept going on and on and on about oh, I really want to bring the iced coffee that I had in Australia back to the UK and, and they, they kept saying no and um, anyway one day Jim just said to me um, Suze I'm going to quit everything I'm doing and I want to make iced coffee and I want you to help me help me make it and I said why me and he said because I know you'll get doo- done mm. so at that precise moment I rang the estate agents and I put the shop the cafe on the market that day and
1: um wow so you really just jumped into it literally
2: jumped straight in there was no no questions it was like right okay I had this moment where I I then had that light bulb moment um with just the just Jim's sheer instruction for wanting to do this so um so we did and um
1: The rest is history. Well, I suppose you're working in coffee, which is a great start to begin with. Yeah, that did help because obviously I was running my
2: own business. It was the first business I've ever run because before that I used to be in the police, and I jumped from that into running my own business. So I learned a lot of mistakes Mm. in that period of time. Um, So it was I was able to take those mistakes and learnings into setting up Jimmy's. So we sort of had a, a better starting point um, with running a business Mm. because you can't just run a business walk off the street and run a business it's just there's so much to consider far far more than I ever thought Um, a lot
1: more than you imagined yes Yeah. Yeah. so how did you then take the idea into a reality so your brother had this idea for these iced coffees Mm -hmm. but how did you go about actually creating it like creating a product finding a manufacturer like how did that journey look like. Um, we did
2: some factory trials, uh, not factory trials. We did some trials in our in our coffee shop. So we would make up um, just using obviously coffee and milk and a little bit of demerara sugar, and we would we held a focus group, and we then sort of like right this is what we like um we then looked up machines to fill these kind of products and they're sort of like six million pounds we were like Mm. no we we can't do that as well um so we um we just just through good old google um found a filling company in shepton mallet and we contacted them and they had this amazing um lady that works in a laboratory there that had designed lots of desserts for um supermarket chains that she just knows her stuff uh so we we had a day with her in the laboratory and um we came up with a recipe and um and then they were able to fill it put it through this sort of huge wallace and grommet style factory um
1: amazing so you worked with a lady so it sounds like a quite a cost efficient way of doing it you kind of spent one day with someone came yeah. up with the recipe and then
2: mm-hmm. from there exactly and because we have a very simple product uh, as in we don't it's not a complicated recipe with 20 different ingredients we just had to make sure that the the balance of the sweetness with the milk and the coffee was right mm. um so that took a Bit of time and after a day in the lab we came out as high as kites because we just had so much coffee <laughs> um but then one one thing is making it in a kitchen the, another thing is pushing it through a massive plant where you're sort of chucking three liters of milk into into something and a through and a, a proper pasteurization process mm. so um the flavor does change because it heats it up to massively high temperatures and cools it down very low and you know heats it up and cools it down and um so But we were delighted that the end result from the factory trial was almost as good as what we had made in the kitchen. So um
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And then in terms of funding it from Mm. the start, what what strategy did you take for, like, did you take any investment to get the the products made And mum and dad yeah okay yeah, amazing and the, they were happy to get involved they were happy to get involved we we robbed them of their final amount of
2: savings blessed them they lent us 140 grand um, leaving them with 5 grand uh, from their entire wow, working life wow thank you mum and dad yes big time uh, we did have some meetings with the banks and they just laughed in our faces and uh, just said no no really? no no
1: Yeah. and did you ever want to go down like a VC investor route
2: no we didn't because we we just didn't really we weren't educated enough in that area we just didn't know it well enough. Um, and to go down that route would have taken so much time. Um, and mm. we just had to get this product to market. Mm. And that was our sole focus. And so thanks to mum and dad lending us the money, we were able to um, to do that. And then we were able to pay them back after about three years, which was amazing. Oh, that's
1: great. Yes. So, it all worked out well, Yes.
2: Thank goodness.
1: <laughs> and then from there, once you'd created the product, how did you go about selling it? Like, did you approach stockists or did you sell it in independent stores?
2: Yeah, we, well, we started off with selling Selfridges because Jim always said at the beginning if we start at the top and we work our way down then that's the way we need to launch this brand because we're a premium product and that's what we do so um we from this batch that we had made in the factory we stood it we stood in a fridge for 25 hours and wrapped um I can't even remember how many cartons it was now hundreds and hundreds of cartons with a, a sticky label um and we then handed out all of these samples we went to Selfridges and gave the buyer there um a carton and we went to Whole Foods and did the same thing there and and they were able to say yes this is this is what we're looking for which then enabled us to go to back to the manufacturer and say okay we've now got an order mm. so we can afford to get the cartons printed because you can't sell a carton with a sticker on it it's got to yeah, be printed yeah you needed
1: to know that someone was going to take exactly
2: them. but there's a minimum order quantity with printing cartons you can't just print 30 mm. um you know it's it's tens of thousands so um we took that leap and then um, shortly after that we got um, Waitrose but we've done crafty things Jim would Jim would walk into um, the sort of loading bay of Whole Foods pretending to be a delivery driver and, and actually ended up walking into a buyer's meeting by sheer accident um, Really? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and the buyer bless her which was, uh, was quite cross but then uh, she sort of she said oh actually we're looking for a nice coffee and, and that was how we got our listing Really? With, um, so he
1: just walked in? Yep yeah, walked in Yeah. because exactly. we're self How did you know? Like, how did you approach a buyer? We rang the
2: um, the hotline number, and um, we actually got through. Um, And yes, because you
1: hear a lot of horror stories of people trying. For years and years to get a meeting with a big retailer. Yeah, and and we've had
2: you know there are still many retailers that we're dealing with that um, you know that just don't answer the phone. Or oh, you go for a meeting and mm-hmm. you come away and it's um you know it's a no and you know call us back in a year or call us back in a year. So we've struck very lucky with some of the retailers that we've worked with, and as such we have fantastic relationships with them.
1: Yeah, and I suppose you can build that relationship with someone at a retailer, and then they can move on, and then you've lost that relationship. Yes.
2: Yeah, there is that as well. Yeah, a lot of them move on after about. Six months, so, they, so that you don't maintain that sort of friendly relationship. I, I don't believe that that's the right way to do business. I think um, if you've got a good product and it sells, and you're doing healthy business between the two of you, I think that's a that's a really good thing. Mm. Um, I think there's too much emphasis on trying to strip away that relationship when when actually trying to do business is all about being mm. in a relationship together. You know, mm. without without suppliers, the supermarkets wouldn't have anything to put on their shelves, and vice versa. So mm. it's. Um, it's, it's, it's a dog-eat-dog, dog, um, yeah. and too much so for me in, in certain areas.
1: What have you found in your experience buyers are looking for in a product? Um,
2: a, a good rate of sale. Mm. That's what they want.
1: Just proving your numbers, basically. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then on the branding design side, Mm -hmm. like I feel like Jimmy's Ice Coffee has such an iconic look and it's such an visible, noticeable branding. Did you work with an agency for that, or did you do it yourself? No, we had um, we had we worked with um, a friend that was an
2: illustrator, and he drew um, drew some sort of examples, and then we transformed that with a friend who was a graphic designer, and we said, okay, we need to turn this into um, something more sort of graphic um, orientated, and um, and they put it together we've had a recent rebrand this summer um because it was just not enough stand out on shelf um and so we've had a we've got a designer now on board at, at the office um we've got two actually and and they've done a complete rebrand but yeah we just worked with one one design one drawing well one sort of artist guy one graphic design guy and then that was our logo that's amazing
1: i suppose that comes down to knowing what you want the brand to look like and feel you have to have some idea before yes
2: yeah absolutely and we knew it wanted it needed to be called Jimmys um, because it it just did. Mm. Um, when Jim came up with this thing, he was just like, "I think we should call it Jimmys," and <laughs> it was just like, "Yes, that you know everything that um, felt right
1: just stuck." That's amazing. What do you um, what do you think in terms of expansion? So like, you started with this core product of an iced coffee, mm-hmm. but then you've brought out so many different ranges, and you now have like an oat milk one, and you have yeah. all these different skinny ones. Uh, what was that process like in terms of developing from the core product?
2: Um, so we. We started off with original, and then very soon after, we followed that with skinny, and that was because that was selfish. That was my my choice because um, I don't really like I don't really drink milk. Um, I can tolerate skinny milk or skimmed milk, but um, I knew from my coffee shop days that it, I was getting more and more demand for a skinny latte or a skinny cappuccino. And <laughs> although the original is only made with semi skim milk, um, I knew there was that demand, so it naturally came. It came very quickly. We went back to the laboratory lady, and we said, "Can we make exactly the same product?" but um, make it with skim milk, not semi-skim milk. Um, and we did. And then and then all of a sudden we were in Selfridges with one carton and then we were able to go, right, we've now got this one. Um, and we, we've sort of been on a journey. We made a, um, a decaf but there just wasn't enough market for it. You know? Really?
1: I'm all over the decaf. I would have loved it. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, well, one
2: day it'll come back out. Um, and then we made a mocha because we knew that that was a real trending product. Mm. Um, we would stand in Costa or any sort of high street um, coffee shop just listen to what people are ordering and then we were like right mocha's really popular so then we, we we went back to the tasting lady and we're like right okay so now let's make the original but let's put some belgian chocolate in there and um and now that that's actually one of our best sellers really? at the moment. yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm. so a bit of trial and error saying what oh, yes. works for your, for your customer base yeah have you ever wanted to expand into other like really different product verticals so like I don't know, doing iced tea or like something really different? I would really like,
2: well, I would really personally like to do uh, flavoured sparkling water because mm. that's all I drink just apart from wine. Um, <laughs> I love a, a soda with fresh lime or, or fresh anything. Uh, I, I don't like anything added artificially or, or anything like that. So I would really love to do that kind of thing. Mm. Um, as a brand, we we used to be Jimmy's Iced Coffee, but now we realise the brand name is actually Jimmy's mm. and we do an iced coffee. Um, we're looking at doing a kid's chocolate milk so that'll be an ice choc Um, so so we've realized that actually you know then we can sort of expand the the brand into doing other things so Jimmy's can just be the headline and then underneath that you can have a variety of different different things yeah ice cream that kind of thing
1: Coffee desserts. Coffee desserts, yeah. No, yeah, like a nice a nice ter- modern ter- tiramisu. Yes, yeah. Tiramisu is normally quite disappointing. So it is, yeah,
2: unfortunately it is. Maybe
1: you can make like a ter- tiramisu drink.
2: I shall add it to the okay, next meeting. You, yes. you, can, you can name it
1: after me. <laughs> um, what have you found is the best route for customer acquisition? So um, is it just people seeing the brand on shelves and grabbing it, or do people do lots of online sales? Um, when you say customer acquisition, do you so mean... So like people really like building up your customer base, how have you found like a way of generating your customer base is it because of the branding that you think people pick it up or because of the product I think it is the
2: branding it does stand out on shelf and it's uh, it's got like a home feel to it Um, and we do a lot of sampling so we've had vans going out on the road and we we do everything we do is just so stand out but but in a really nice way it's a very premium looking um, brand and we just we're just very real with it and we engage with people online and we target people new people to the Um, to the category which is the iced coffee category Um, and we're just Jim always describes it as we're the cool kids having a party and if you want to come and join us that's fine and if you don't that's fine too Mm -hmm. Um, but we're we're on our own that we're having a we're having our own like house party yeah and it's a cool party and we've got some great tunes on and it's all it's all good yeah Um, so I think it attracts people that way um, as well
1: Mm -hmm have you found social media has been important for the brand yes
2: we have so when we started it was just facebook twitter had just sort of come to fruition i don't think instagram was even around um and it was fantastic because it was free in those days and i don't think we would have been able to have accelerated the, at the speed that we did um if we hadn't have had that mechanism um mm.
1: what are your like core channels now
2: uh, all So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and I think that's it.
1: Mm, yeah. And like Instagram stories and stuff like that. Yes, yeah,
2: yeah. exactly, yeah.
1: A bit I find brands often just do two really well, and that kind of works for them. Yeah. So just focusing on, like, two channels or something.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think because it's changed so much, you know, there's so much, you know, people are, you know, my mum's on Facebook and, mm. and other people will be on, you know, there's no way my mum's got a Twitter account and there's, you know, and so on with Instagram. So we have got an amazing social media um girl in the office who's just she's able to tap into the audiences that are sort of evolve, like rolling in those sort of uh areas and and be able to sort of cherry pick them really mm. or certainly sort of go give them a sniff of what we're doing
1: mm. so um and that behind the scenes content as well of the brand
2: yes exactly yeah
1: in terms of like a lot of our listeners to this show are thinking of launching their own business and kind of really early stages, perhaps they have an idea, but they're not quite sure how to bring it about. What um, What advice would you give for people wanting to launch a food business of your food and drink business of your kind? Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of specifically, what kind of questions do you think you should be asking yourself before launching a business? Um, so is is the idea jumping on your brain and keeping
2: you awake at night? Because if it isn't, um, you won't have the drive to do it because you have to run like free Forest Gump um, until you, well, you just have to keep running. Basically, mm-hmm. you can't stop. Um, it's not something that you can just dip in and out of either. It's got to be your 100% soul focus. I mean, when I started Jimmy's, I, I sort of went underground for about four years, didn't see a friend or a family um, member, really apart from mum who would wait in the road with some bacon sandwiches at three in the morning when Jim and I would be off to do a delivery to, to somewhere. Um, you've got to be really committed to it and you've got to, be, you've got to be prepared to listen to other people's opinion of your product and your idea because you can't, you, you love it, you might love it yourself, and be blindsided by that um but other people might not like it and you need to respect that actually um you do need to listen to those other those other voices because if if more of those are negative than positive um then you need to really rethink it because once you've launched, if people aren't picking it up off the shelf, then, then mm. you've got a problem. Mm. Um,
1: did you do a lot of focus group kind of work to see if people were going to buy it? We did, yeah. We did it in my coffee shop, actually.
2: Um, and um, the, the general consensus was yes because we were able to bring in the other products that were on the market um, and a lot of people said, you know, they're very sweet, they're very sickly and um, they're just very um, artificial, whereas we were always wanted to be very natural, as natural as possible. Mm. Um, and, but you just have to, you, it's just like, I suppose, bringing a boyfriend home and hoping your mum likes him. And if he does, if she doesn't like him, well, you know, maybe there's a reason why she doesn't like him. You've just got to be, you've got to be really, really honest with yourself mm. and what you're doing
1: mm. and I suppose that flexibility mindset that if it doesn't quite work out that you take another approach or you try a different product
2: absolutely yeah so exa- an example of that is the uh, decaf that we bought out um you know there was no sort of scientific data that we we lent on we were just sort of in the office one day just going hmm be good what do you reckon decaf or a yeah okay let's do decaf you know that's that was the depth of the you know mm. the thing and when we failed with it because um iced coffee even when we started was a taboo word in this country uh, and it still it still is but much less so Um, you know Mm. people are now um, the high street supermarket um, the high street coffee shops are are keeping their iced coffee boards up all year round now whereas Mm. they would only be up in the summer so we know that the trend for iced coffee is 24 7 365 days a year so you've got to be able to go okay right decaf didn't work then we brought out a one litre um that didn't work mm. because people aren't going to buy a one litre version of your product if they haven't even tried a small version of your product. So you need to just be able to course correct. Mm. Um, but course correct, but be clever with it because we threw away so much product and money. Really? In in bad decisions. In yeah. bad decisions. Yeah.
1: So with the decaf not selling and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah,
2: Exactly, yeah.
1: Um, what kind of mistakes do you think you've made along the way that you perhaps like with hindsight would have done differently?
2: Um, hiring the wrong people, mm. firstly. Well, not in any particular order, but yes, hiring the wrong people, not knowing what we were hiring people for, because um, we were just running around like headless chickens. So it was like um, you, you can't hire someone and expect them to become a headless chicken. You know, they need a job role and mm. they need to you know have a structure. Mm-hmm. Um, And and also making products such as the one liter, for example, that had um, thirty day shelf life, and we had I can't remember something like thirty five pallets of it or something. You know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of cartons worth. Uh, And just yeah, Yeah, no. So we had to drive it to the tip. We would be driving these. We would have to rent a, a lorry, drive the lorry to the tip and then pay to dispose of it all and there'd just be iced coffee everywhere with this huge digger truck smashing into it and it was just it was just heartbreaking so you need to be slow methodical be, make the right decisions listen to your consumers
1: mm. well, I suppose in so many ways with your company it kind of just took off and it expanded so you know it grew so quickly that you yeah. were kind of kept ca- chasing your tail a little bit to yeah. catch up with that growth exactly which is probably why you hire people yes. in that way yeah
2: exactly yeah whereas things are so much more structured now we have, an, we have a managing director everything's got a, a, you know a process mm. and it's just it's a smooth running ship now in calm waters um, rather than being sort of all over the place <laughs> no no one at the helm yeah. and just sneaking mm. into buyers meetings yeah exactly yeah yeah.
1: what's the hardest thing about running your own business Um, The fact that you just
2: never know what's around the corner. So you just never know that one of the big retailers might just go, actually, we've just, um, you know, one of the massive companies like Nestle or something might just come in with a huge marketing budget and Mm. be able to drive um, a product. And then they say, oh, thanks very much, but no thanks. Um, It's just that constant worry. I mean, we're 21 staff now, um, which is incredible because two and a half years ago there was just four of us. So we've had a huge growth um, Mm. spurt. But you're responsible for 21 people's mortgages, and that is – I can't think too much about it because if I did, (laughs) I wouldn't sleep – but it's, it's hard because, you know, they're your babies and you need to look after them. Mm.
1: So that kind of pressure on it. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think is the best thing about running a business?
2: Oh, the time I can now, I have a work-life balance now. Um, so I'm able to not be underground and I'm able to pop out and I can, I don't have to be in the office at eight in the morning anymore. In fact, I don't even remember the last time I opened up the office or closed the office. Um, and that's really nice. I can dip in and out. I've been able to have a baby, which has been amazing. Um, and and I, yeah, the work-life balance because
1: mm, you can call the shots a bit more.
2: Yeah, and I can, you know, I can do anything from just being on my phone, so I can be anywhere, I can be doing whatever, um, and I can just get a day's work done in in an email. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it, the flexibility now. And if, if I want to take holiday, I can take holiday. I love working for myself. I'm not. I'm. I'm not employable anyway.
1: Um. <laughs> I think after a certain amount of time working for yourself, nobody would really hire you, no. would they? I. I think that. Um, from on the, on the money side of things, is there anything that you spent money on kind of in the early days or more recently that you regretted? And also, conversely, is there anything that you think is really worth spending money on?
2: Uh, our managing director was absolutely worth spending the money on. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't realise that we weren't running the company properly Um we just didn't uh, until uh, this chap, Rick Exley, came into our lives. And uh, he came in by default and he we he just became our MD just through his sheer amazingness. Uh, so that's the best thing we've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, because Jim and I are entrepreneurial. We love the buzz. We love the excitement. We love running around. We love, you know, getting things done. But then you leave a trail of destruction behind you that... Um, that means that that's um, that's also in your business and that isn't a good way to, it's not a good wing to have in Mm. in the business. It still needs to be, everything needs to be buttoned up and processed properly and paid for and all that kind of stuff. You can't just charge ahead and leave (laughs) um, chaos. So he was the best thing. And the worst thing is um, buying vans, buying um, just unnecessary things that we thought we needed but we just didn't Mm. Um, did you do a lot of festivals? we did do a lot of festivals and again it was like let's just do this festival and then it was like well actually when you get there it's not our target audience Mm. and you know, oh God, I remember being at a festival in Wales and uh, waking up to someone weeing against my tent and I just thought, oh, I just can't, I just can't do this. And then we were outside wheeling a wheelbarrow, because that's all we could afford, um, full of ice and iced coffee and wheeling it around the tents, just trying to give it as a hangover cure to the people um in the mornings and you know you just think what am I doing, what am I doing? Yeah. yeah what am I doing I
1: suppose it must be hard to work out what opportunities are really worth it and you must get approached a lot as well to give free product away
2: yes we do and we've learnt the art of saying no that's mm. a really really big one
1: um, do you support less than you used to much less mm. yeah.
2: yeah it's very very structured now and we 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 only do what we know we're going to get a return on investment from
1: yeah and I suppose that's in terms of exposure and people talking about it yeah
2: or. exactly yeah. yeah and then
1: being trend, trendy people drinking it exactly yeah um, did you ever pay for PR or marketing is that something that um, you, you invest money in now
2: A little bit now, but up until now, no. We would always say, if you want to, um, if you want to write about us, then you're writing about us, and it's um, because you want to tell our story. Um, We didn't have the money for Mm. it, so um, we we had a spate of being sort of in quite a few of the papers. It was quite a lot of of sort of activity, um, especially in the early days, just because we were making so much noise. um, Because you you know, Innocent did what they did, and we were sort of being classed as one of those. Oh, they're they're coming through. They're doing the same kind of thing. Yeah. So there were a lot. We had a lot of media attention, um, but a lot of people are doing what we're doing now. So it's it's harder to be heard above the noise. Mm. Um,
1: yeah, I suppose you kind of started a trend for, for ice coffees. Yes. Yep. We
2: did. Um, and because Jim is Jimmy, and he's a very good uh, a good speaker, he would do a lot of talks, and he did a lot of talks for the Guardian about how to set up your own food business he did that every month for about two years um but almost to the detriment of us because um you know he was giving away his, doing it yeah, some God, trade it's not secrets. So,
1: yeah it's not something you think about so much is it yeah I don't know who you're talking to <laughs> that's right exactly <laughs> so you uh, you told us a little bit about the, the people that you've employed now and that you've got this this team that's grown what do you really look for when it comes to hiring people what skills or what qualities do you look for um
2: kindness and um honest and and that they've got a tongue in their head so they can um so they can talk and just um just it sounds really cringy but we are like a family in there um and you just you you just you know uh, really noisy loud people don't work because it's an open plan office um sort of gobby type of people they don't work But just nice, like-minded people, really, that are just happy to just be busy, get busy, make Mm. themselves busy, just, you know, independent thinking. Mm. Um,
1: For you, is it more important to find someone that fits, like, the culture rather than perhaps the skill set?
2: Yes, Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of people come and, uh, came in thinking, oh, this is a really cool, fun brand. Are you just, you know, we've got a skate ramp and we've got a pizza oven and we go out on boat trips and we do, you know, we have breakfast around the table every morning together and, um, and we have, you know, food deliveries every single week and, you know, we've got beer fridges and this is all great. I can just kick back and do nothing. But actually, you know, underneath we are peddling like idiots, mm. Um, mm. fast and hard, and um, I just think people people need to respect that actually to get that sort of to be able to create that ambience and that sort of uh, vibe you have to put the legwork in
1: yeah you have to work hard oh yes yeah not just sitting back and drinking ice coffee no I no. the boat trips sound fun Can Yeah, I just that... come on a boat trip even if I don't work yes 100% just come along <laughs> have you found that those small little touches of like the personal nature of the office have been what's attracted people to work there
2: yes yes I have um, it's not something that we deliberately did it was just an environment the gym, and I wanted to create for ourselves anyway just because we are not corporate in the slightest. Um, we didn't want to create an office that was like a, an office, a boring office that people just don't want to go into at all because we were spending a hell of a lot of time in there ourselves. And that's why we had a lovely big open-plan kitchen done, all sort of Moroccan tiles and a huge big pizza oven installed and, and you know, got all these food deliveries coming in and just made sure we just look after all of... Um, we wanted to look after ourselves and look after the crew. You know, at one point we had a, a chef come in... Um, but we, we realised when, when the numbers grew and people have different dietary requirements that actually this was just getting silly. So. <laughs> it was a bit out of control. Um, but yes, we just wanted it to be a nice place and, and people, and they love it. And it's, 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 uh, it's looked after and it means that when people are coming to work, they're coming to somewhere that's fun.
1: Mm. Have you found that you've had to adapt to being a manager? because it sounds like it wasn't something you were doing before particularly
2: um, I did used to have to be a manager before we got our MD in, and now Rick does all of that I'm actually able to just not have to worry about getting involved in any kind of like oh they're late or they're this or that or. and in fact we don't really have any of that at all mm-hmm. um, and I'm just able to be one of the girls and I treat I treat them like sisters um there's no hierarchy in the office Jim and I don't have glass boxes we you know I sit on the same desk as our office manager Jim sits on the same desk as one of the sales guys we're all just muddled in together Mm. um because why would I go and remove myself to go and sit in some tower block somewhere you know that's that's not me I'd much rather be in the thick of it and helping to make something at lunchtime um Mm. you know so,
1: Do you think that helps motivate your team? I do, yes, I do. Because when
2: I think about it, I think, God, you know, the two founders are in here and we're just, we're getting as knee-deep with them, with everything, loading call boxes, answering the door, duh, 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 you know, just... Um, we, there's nothing that we don't do that they don't do. Yeah, well, um, I
1: think that creates a really nice atmosphere, rather than feeling like the founders are set apart from everything. Yeah, yeah. What advice would you give for someone who's looking to start a food brand now? So the industry has obviously changed quite a lot in the last few years. Where Where do you think it's going? And, and what advice would you give someone wanting to start a brand? Oh,
2: don't try and work out the consumer because you could just be in a debate all day long about it. I mean, it's it's no sugar this, it's no gluten-free, you know, it's gluten-free that. It's it's almost a minefield. Mm-hmm. Um, so make something that is is real, that there is a gap in the market for, um, that there is a genuine gap in the market, not a gap in your head that thinks there's a gap in the market. Um, mm-hmm. That would be my advice. And and just get your head down and and work hard.
1: I suppose also with the the dietary requirements stuff, that can also change. Like, that's very much a trend. So if you create a product that's just focused on being gluten-free or being vegan, mm. and that's the, the sole reason that you're doing it, perhaps, like, the, the market can change. It can, and yeah. people's tastes can change. Absolutely,
2: and that's why recently we've bought out an oat milk version. Um, but then we, we had to have a little bit of sugar in there, because sugar, whatever way you look at it, is a flavour enhancer. So, um, But then we were like, oh, no, people don't want sugar. So then we stripped all the sugar out of it. And then you get a product that's basically oat milk and coffee Mm -hmm. um, with a stabilizer in there. And and it just doesn't really – it doesn't make my heart sing. It's sort of been launched and it's like, oh, actually – so then people are complaining. Oh, it doesn't really – it just tastes like oat milk. And it's like, well – Yeah. So then – so now we're talking about reformulating it again and putting sugar back in it again. Only a little bit of demerara, but just because – what people are preaching isn't necessarily what they're drinking
1: Mm. um Mm. so and that fear about sugar i feel like it's putting so many people off doing certain things or like launching brands because of they're so scared of this trend for sugar yeah i think you just create something that's perhaps a little bit less sugar or you're designed to drink it or eat it in moderation exactly that's that's fine yeah what plan for the future for jimmy's Ice coffee what's in the pipeline for you guys to be in every
2: fridge across the planet That's what we want to be. Are you
1: doing global now? We are in uh, the Middle East, which is our old
2: stomping ground. Jim and I were born and bred over in Dubai. We lived there 18 years. So um, to get a listing out there was great. Um, And we're sort of dabbling with a little bit in Europe. And we're talking to somebody over in the States at the moment. But we recognise that we're in a carton at the moment. And we need to be moving into a can because... You can't send cartons overseas because they just don't travel well. So um, we we recognise, you know, we're going to be changing our sort of our vessels, so to speak, to fit with the different areas. Mm. Um, so yeah so every fridge across the planet that's the that's, that's the, plan. the plan
1: fantastic i well, wish you luck with that and thank i'm hoping you. for the tiramisu drinks yeah, okay i shall let you know <laughs> soon and um, if people would like to find out more about you where should
2: they go online and on your social um i'm really rubbish on social i have got a um an instagram account and i don't even know what it's called i think it's Susie jimmy's um <laughs> okay yeah <you'll> find Susie <laughs> jimmy's. and
1: then it's jimmy's iced coffee
2: it is yeah jimmy's iced coffee yeah okay, thank
1: you very much thank Susie. you
2: so much for
0: having me
1: If you've enjoyed this episode then don't forget to subscribe rate and review so more people can find the show and if you're feeling inspired and think of pursuing a creative project of your own then there's a home for you at work life you can find out more at work.life
0: This has been a candy store production for Work Life, hosted by Angelica Malin and produced by Van Connor. T-shirt weather by Poddington Bear appears under Creative Commons 3.0 with podcast recording facilities in partnership with Work Life. Visit Work.life for more information. You can find us at candystoreproductions.co.uk. Cool fact.